uh, everyone's going off in arms about the Oppenheimer nude scenes. Everyone, do you guys hear about this? That people are like going off and they're like, oh, it's crazy, the Oppenheimer nude scenes. And then I saw this movie and it was like nothing, right? Like, I agree. Everyone Actually, was everyone yes. was all like, "Dude, you it's so graphic. It's so, you know, like what?" It is a bit gratuitous I mean, and unnecessary. I don't even think that. I think it's I think it's so much tamer compared to, to I mean, I've you know, also, anything else. I I'm pretty sure that Florence Pugh has only been in two movies where she hasn't been fully naked, so it's nothing anyone <laughs> has seen before, not seen before. I just I just <laughs> thought like I thought he was like yeah, but had you seen Killian Murphy's ball? Yeah, no, yeah I, I thought we it. were going to see, like, <laughs> Killian Murphy hanging dong, you know? Yeah, it was great. Um, I thought he was at least, like, going to get some top and slime her. Oh. <laughs> All right, welcome to Film Class Heroes, everybody. <laughs> we are doing a Barbenheimer episode. We're going on the no no train. no we're not doing barbenheimer we're doing barbie and oppenheimer we're not doing barbenheimer <laughs> we're joining the hype train we're gonna talk about the most uh, equally cool and equally annoying thing that's happened in movies in a little while um i mean i think it's kind of mm. cool that i mean if you told me last year that the two highest grossing movies of this year would have been a Barbie movie and a war movie about a guy that created a nuclear bomb, I'd kind of look at you with three heads. So it's kind of cool that that's where we are right now. Both not like, like mm -hmm. obviously Barbie's a big IP, but it's not like a huge studio franchise. Too. Yeah, but so people are cool showing have, like... up for this, man. Like, it's the fastest film ever to have reached 1 million views on Letterboxd. At the theater I work at, it's been selling no less than 4,000 tickets a day. Like, it is packing out. That's crazy. But it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, yeah, and both these movies are, like, led by, like, auteur directors yeah. who have, like, a reputation and, a, like, a distinctive voice. Yeah, you have to expect it's, any you know, Nolan film to automatically kind of have hype behind it. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, whether or well, not it's deserved, it's always going to have it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's also cool. uh, back back when Tenet first came out too, the the wave of that trying to kind of bring back save, movies, but like yeah, save the movie. Did yeah. you guys like Tenet? Tenet? I don't like Tenet. I don't know. I didn't even see Tenet. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> right, I'm just curious. I've only seen it once. By like, I liked it when I saw it. Yeah, I feel. I saw it once. Mm. I it was it was one of my it's one of my it, it's one of my favorite Nolans. Really? And yeah. Wow. Grant, I haven't seen like Inception or like mm. his early you haven't his seen stuff Inception? like the Prestige. I've like seen the Batman and Dunkirk and Interstellar. You mean the Dark Knight? And the yeah, the Dark Knight. <laughs> the, my favorite the of Batman. that trilogy is the Batman. <laughs> Batman Begins. Yes. Batman Begins. I mean, yeah, we yeah. Uh, we watch both these movies and we're gonna talk about them and kind of figure out. I don't know if let's just talk about it. Which one do you want to start off with? Somebody, someone go. Well, we've already started with Oppenheimer's balls or Oppenheimer. What do you? All right, let's talk about Oppenheimer. <laughs> what do you guys just, think about Oppenheimer? Actually, you know what? First off, to start, how did you see Oppenheimer? Okay, I saw it just at normal two D showing at. Regal. Me too. <laughs> I I actually so no I was just wondering if anyone did anything nothing. cool. I did. I actually do. 
gone. Oh, I saw it in a sold-out IMAX theater, and I oh, like I cool. do think it really, really added a lot to the film. I think specifically the sound was, especially during a mm. lot of like the. I mean, it's you know, I guess we can just get into spoilers. I guess. I mean, it's not a huge spoiler. Yeah, spoilers for I, Oppenheimer. Go yeah. ahead. That's um, I mean, spoilers just... for history. <laughs> Spo- spoilers for everything we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of like the 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 sound jump scares and like the very abstract scenes had just like like mm-hmm. you could feel the audio coming at you and like and my chair was rocking and especially during like the Trinity test scene when when you have that very prolonged silence and then the huge explosion of sound that like oh I think I I was blown Three back days. into my seat I could not keep my head up it was crazy well, you're talking about when they first like set off the bomb. Yes, the 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 yeah. The, uh, the yeah that, yes. I mean, I think that's one of the best movie scenes I've seen in a long time. Absolutely, I think it's <laughs> it it's, is it's extremely such a... well done, extremely intense. Mm-hmm. I I liked that a lot. Everything else and, to me was just oh. typical Nolan. I mean, it's it, it's kind of like the best and worst of Christopher Nolan. Like it, it's has moments like that that are so well done and you just can't help but sit in awe and be like look i'm watching an orator but then it's Mm -hmm. equally self-indulgent overly long and you know just typical christopher nolan (laughs) overly long yeah what do you Uh, mean this This movie's three hours and 20 minutes and doesn't have to be i know just last episode i said something about why is it a good thing for a movie to go fast i think i said that did i say that in the episode yes 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 yes, yes. okay i was making sure i didn't say that in, like a conversation with someone no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. um but this movie i don't know it just like like i didn't feel like i was like having to sit there and watch it drags it. in the middle like, man I think, at I least do, for me i think it drags at the end i think really yeah i was like i was like this just guys and like I still really like the end, and especially like I love the character drama. I love the um, everyone kind of grilling into each other, and just the uh, also mm-hmm. how it's, some of it is shot like an action film. Um, I do really, really like. Uh, I like. I do like the ending, but I, it was so late, and I was like, "This movie's three hours. I want to go home to bed." Yeah, it, again, <laughs> it was I, I really could feel it. I could feel it. Self-indulgent, it was, like it, it starts. It goes through with the whole bomb thing and everything, and it's super well done. And then it does kind of go on for another hour, but I didn't really mind the whole going on for another hour, minus the length of it, because I was invested. I first off. Everybody does a very good job, uh, especially I thought Robert Downey Jr. was great. And how oh, rare is it mm-hmm. to kind of see him play an antagonist? And I thought he killed it. It was awesome. So, so I was invested Indeed. and I was like, yeah, I want to see where this is going to go. And then again, you know, if you did end the movie after the bomb went off and the slight but- downfall of that, it... I feel it would have been a little bit more condensed, but I'm okay with what we got. It's, it's just it is too long. <laughs> my my thing, John, is it's 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 not about the bomb specifically. It's about Oppenheimer yes. and his life and the consequences of dropping the bomb and how he feels yeah. about that and how he feels about his creation being. And it, it's it's very much like a you know this movie is a character study. It is not a, a Nolan action movie. It is very much about the rise and fall of Oppenheimer and his life. And mm. I think I think um, having that structure and having it not only be like like a character study structure, but also 
to like examine how the world kind of changed from this how his his psyche his relationships his opinions about things and like his fears uh just kind of develop from that and and uh from what i know well, i love actual, that final shot yeah yeah, of yeah, him yeah talking to einstein I mean, and being I, like einstein. what did i just start like that's great i mm-hmm. absolutely i think this whole movie is is extremely beautiful and did you guys know that that scene actually wasn't cgi and that nolan actually set the world on fire for that Oh, Wasn't yeah. that crazy? <laughs> um, I do think is, this movie is that, is that um, meme you sent legit about the India covering of Florence? Yes, yes, yes. So thing? let's 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 go back to the sex scene for a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> in in first of all, uh, I I do like like the sex scene. I, I mean, not, not like the sex scene of them actually having sex, but I do think that them like sitting the, down the both interrogation scene. Is that uh, what, the I, chair I, in the I, interrogation? I do kind of like that. I think it is. I think it's like like oh, diving into to, to Kitty's. <laughs> yeah, you do turn. <laughs> no, I don't want to say it like that. Um, <laughs> I just I think but, um, no. It go on. No, you got you. Oh, it. I mean, well, it's just so. Everyone is always making fun Nolan because his movies always have no sex in them. Like the closest he gets is Catwoman. Really? Yeah. Is that a right? bad thing, No. But I, I, you know, in this movie, like, it, it just hammers. I think Christopher Nolan is, like, hammering in, like, I don't want, like, sex is, like, this weird, the evil, like, haunting spirit in this movie. Well, it was, it was awkward. For Oppenheimer. Like, it was just kind of shot a little, like, awkward. Like, I mean, there's just scenes that kind of feel gratuitous because you know they're having a conversation smoking cigarettes and like i get that see like, i i want to defend that has his legs crossed right and then you just cut to <laughs> no florence pew and it's like a wide shot of just her completely naked just talking to him and it's like you know why shoot it that way like yeah. we both know they just had sex we both know that they're naked like why why you have to have the wide shot every time you cut back to her just full body i i do like the purpose of that and and showing well, i thought i thought i i thought it was only her in the chair too. no and when they're when they're having the conversation and just in the room when he first sleeps with her she, she's just letting it all hang out <laughs> and nolan's like hell yeah go ahead i i i like i want to uh defend that because i do think it's a, a nice scene to have them just just post coitus you know talking to each other like people like talking to each other like intellectuals and not like I agree I'm just saying it feels it feels a little awkward but it's, to shoot it's it way like that. it's it's so so hypocritical to show her whole chest and not have Killian Murphy hanged on yes like just let them I'm just, stare I'm just at each other and talk there. you know like mm-hmm. these are two bright minds who are talking or like even like, do like like a notebook you know where they're doing that but you don't see anything like it's not it doesn't really serve a purpose yeah i mean uh, but I'm also like not complaining. Um, I, <laughs> but I am complaining. <laughs> I do. I do also really oh, like. That's fair. I like the dynamic that they have too. I really like. I think Killian Murphy and Florence Pugh act oh. off each other in a way that's like very reminiscent of like a leading man and a a leading lady in like a like a noir film or like a '50s kind of. I think they take a lot of inspiration from that, and I think when they yeah. come together, I think it's very much. I think this whole movie is takes a lot of inspiration for like noir and. And fifties filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, especially like the performances too. I I think there's not a single bad performance in this. I love Matt yeah, Damon. Love uh, yes, love- Emily <laughs> Blunt also um, very undersold performance, but in a good way. Like like she, she I, I thought I, she was great. Especially at the end, I think mm-hmm. she really comes into her own. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, when when she really starts going in on Oppenheimer, reserved. More more. That's the word I'm looking for. It was yeah, a reserved performance. Yeah. And, and, and then, I thought she did good. She, well, she has one of my favorite moments in the whole movie where he she doesn't shake that guy's hand at the end. Yeah. yeah. When when Oppenheimer's getting the Fermi medal. He was good, too. I normally don't like that guy, but I like him in this. <laughs> I at least forget mm-hmm. his name. I don't know his actor name. His, like, real name. <laughs> I just... Wait, who? Normally not a fan of him, but he did good. The, the guy, um... Teller, That I was think. mainly interrogating Which... everybody. Oh, the, oh, yeah, the table. Oh, he's great. Yeah. I, and I like I, love... I like the little old man in the room that was like, yes, yes, <laughs> you did nothing wrong. He was cool. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one... <laughs> the, the one, one guy. Vote who, yeah... Well, he was that. That is a. I was reading some of the history, and there was one guy in the security hearing who who said he would approve Oppenheimer, and so. Is it Oppenheimer or Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer style. Either way you pronounce it, they'll know I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As he says in the movie. Nice. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Um. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. It's just it's his best tendencies and his worst tendencies. There are moments in this film that are awe-inspiring and there are moments in this film that made me want to go to sleep it's it's you know a typical nolan for me (laughs) i have found i found the whole i just found every scene like and then the character the the story like of this guy i just i don't know i found every bit of it fascinating yeah me too and interesting i feel like it's always trying to like i feel like every scene is at least attempting to tell you something about you know oppenheimer or you know american government or you know i mean this movie is partly like a giant like it's a lot of movie tear down of mccarthyism it's a lot of movie (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I want to and watch I mean, it again because I know, I know like, I, I haven't got things. everything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's just, yeah. do I want to sit through a three-hour, 20-minute movie again? <laughs> and, and you know, I said last episode that I feel that movies are this long because they're specifically being curated to be put on streaming services after the theatrical release. And I feel like that's the case here. Like, I like the music in this movie, but one of my biggest issues is it's present the whole movie. There's, like, not a scene where there's no music except for the bombing scene which is fantastic and i i can't help but feel that it was there the whole time to keep you going because without it it's it's a lot it's dense man it definitely <laughs> it's hard took, to like sit there and observe everything and take everything it's, in it's for also the subject matter that's like kind of challenging you too and being like well yeah. humans did this awful thing and you're gonna have to sit with it yeah, I oh, like yeah. the music. I just can't help but feel that it's kind of there to carry the movie in certain weaker moments when it's just a lot of, you know, uh, what's the word here? It, just a lot of, like, uh, I guess history. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain, but yeah. I did feel the music kind of did a lot of the heavy lifting, which is not normally a good thing. But it wasn't bad music. It was just, you can tell it was there in service of something, and that's not a very good thing. I think also it was it was kind of like representing all the chaos in his head, especially like towards the beginning, all like the abstractions mm-hmm. of like the, I those liked really, the beginning. Those really, I really like those cool, very like abstract sequences of like uh, yes, of the stars and everything. Yeah, I the like stars and the atoms and all the mm-hmm. stuff going in his head. And I think the and music the music was, was great during that. That was good. Yeah, um, I I love 
uh, I'm really a big fan of the, like of the storytelling in this movie. Like yeah. a great example is the opening scene with the apple. Oh. Which is like, like which is like kind of like funny. Like he tried to poison his teacher. I actually don't know. I haven't looked into that. I think he, yes, he, like he actually how did. different actually of did. a story of history that would have been told if he oh actually my God. if the teacher bit the apple, <laughs> right? Or Niels Bohr, mm-hmm. who in the movie is the one who almost bites it. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, and then, but like that whole apple is like. I was reading a review and it pointed out like that Apple is kind of the whole movie. He does this thing. He has this want to do it and he just does it to do it, to get, to get what he can get from doing it. And then he reflects morally on it later and goes back and stops it. See, that's interesting. Which is what he like fails to do, Mm -hmm. you know, later. That's Yo, interesting. He, so now he, I want to know if the apple is real or if that's just a screenwriting. Technique no, that's that a, it's a real event that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Wow. You know, and it's kind of like I just find the character of Oppenheimer this like spineless. You know, as soon as he gets any amount of little power, he becomes a spineless coward. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, yeah. he, he gets a he gets a little bit of power at the school even and that guy pressures him like, Hey, you need to stop this union crap and he does. He's like, Yeah, it's done. Alright, if you say so. You know, he's like he's always you know, in the in the interrogation is like where it shows the most, where he like I mean, he basically just sits there and does nothing. Like, he really does, just like his wife says, you know? He's just sitting there letting it happen. I thought, it was, it I was thought fine. About... <laughs> um, can, I, I, can I hit you guys with something that I, I've kind of been oh, reading too into, and I think that, like, I don't know if I'm onto something or if it's other people are saying it. Um. Mm-hmm. I think there's also a sort of meta narrative here about Nolan kind of coping with what he did to the film industry and Batman and Batman Begins were uh, the atomic bomb and the movie industry (laughs) and the movie industry, he dropped that on the movie industry and then the entire movie industry was ravaged by superhero and Marvel movies. Oh my I think you're giving him a little too much credit, which I feel most Christopher Nolan. Do. You think like, I'm giving Christopher Nolan too much credit? Yeah, but see, I. I what's up, Zach? Look, oh, thanks. I'm what's not a Nolan like lover. <laughs> like the Tenet and I don't. I don't think and, he's uh, perfect, but I do think he is a competent filmmaker. Let's see, I agree. Yeah, like Tenet I, and this film are the only ones that I've given over a seven. I think that Nolan gets too much hype, and there are reasons he has that hype, because there are always moments in his films that are spectacular. But, like, let's take Interstellar, for instance. Interstellar is the only movie I've ever watched where I equally love it, and I equally hate it. Like, there there are moments in Interstellar where I'm like, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And then there are moments in Interstellar where I'm like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And it's just, he's a very messy filmmaker, and I think most people just see his super high highs and go with it and are like, that's incredible. But they kind of ignore everything else. 
like I'm sure the guy he's a fine guy. I, I'm happy what he's done, you know, as a filmmaker. But I just think he's he's a little pretentious. <laughs> I think you're reading a little too much into it. That's just me. Okay, okay. I just wanted to, you know, had a little theory, a little game I, theory. Well, that that's well, I don't know. That's interesting because I think you can definitely tell, especially in the last hour, like that Nolan, like Nolan does like feel for Oppenheimer. I like Nolan tries to be as like as harsh as he feels he he should be to Oppenheimer, but especially there at the end and like Einstein saying to him like explaining everything that's going to happen to him as we cut like back and forth to like the 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 things happening is is a little bit like Nolan forgiving Oppenheimer. I think and, I and I mm-hmm. think he wants to forgive himself for that because Nolan, I mean, he hates all the CG and like he's always like CG and he he's always trash talking like tons of modern like filming techniques like that like and like denouncing them as something he doesn't want to use. Kind of how like Oppenheimer, I mean, he won't talk about the bomb in the interrogations. I think that's an interesting read. It's like Oppenheimer's cat Christopher Nolan self-examining. I, I mean, I think you could, you know, kind of place anyone who feels guilt in that situation. And like, right. You know, exactly. I mean, it, yeah, exactly. I think Oppenheimer, I mean, it covers a lot of universal themes. And I found it's the whole, like beast of the movie very like engaging and and like once it swept me up with that first scene it was just I was riding I was just along for the rest of the ride watching as like each scene like revealed more of who Oppenheimer was or how who he was becoming and, and like ultimate you know it's a character study it's it's supposed to show mm-hmm. you the good and the bad and I think it's not very super forgiving of Oppenheimer and I think his his own I internal agree. struggle like, you know, he has to live with that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had one one more thing about the apple. Is, two, the apple almost gets eaten by by the, the other scientist, the lecturer, right? Niels yeah. Bohr. Just like he was building the bomb for the Nazis and got used on the Japanese... You're right. right. You're right. You're right. It was the wrong people. I, one thing I need because about the Nolan you guys hype, are giving him too much credit. I'm sorry. The Nolan, <laughs> the Nolan hype. It is so true. I hate the Nolan hype, and there's already an annoying one starting with this movie, which yeah. is he he wrote parts of the script in first person. I read. You know, I read the like ending all of the, the script today, and it is in first person. Yeah, all the color scenes are were supposedly written in, written in first person and more subjective from Oppenheimer's view. It's like this is from a couple like interviews I've watched. Um, and then like the know, black the and white with Strauss. First person. Yeah. Yep. And and people are like, "Yo, he wrote the script in first person." It it it's a little bit like, "Yo, he planted a full field of corn," <laughs> <laughs> just so they could draw, you know, so they didn't have to CGI the corn field yeah. in Interstellar. It's a little bit like that. Like it's cool, but I, I mean, I find the effect that that has in the movie 
or like because there is a very tonal difference between the black and white and the color mm-hmm. and I, and I and while I was in the theater like me and my friend who went and saw it with me were kind of trying to like figure out if if like the black and like who the black and white's point of view was if it was Strauss or Saul Goodman and like if it <laughs> no or, Gene Takovic very true or or even like is it like supposed to be like a certain time period in the movie but then like some stuff that like is black and like you know we were trying to figure it out uh-huh. and and i have to say at least a point towards the movie in my opinion is i had we brought my friend's uh high school age sister with us oh. and she watched the whole thing wow and was like came out of it was like that was insane i felt like Whoa. i was going crazy Damn, the kids are all right. Yeah, right? (laughs) Any of you, like, kind of doze off at any point? Towards towards the end, I was kind (laughs) of fighting to stay up a little bit. Yeah. That was me in the middle. But I think everything, like, before the bomb is good. It's fine. Um, I think the bomb sequence, incredible piece of filmmaking, um, gives the Spider-Man chase from spider-verse run for its money for best scene of the year and i think everything after that i personally really liked it's just very self-indulgent and very long that's really all um if Um, we're getting into ratings i'm going to give it a seven out of ten i i think that uh the best sequence is actually probably that gym sequence right after i think that's like i i think seeing the bomb go off is great and cool and all but i think him finally coming to terms with that is, and like that yeah, especially it was just that, so intense but like those but like so the well single done. like the, the the that melted face and him stepping into the, oh, oh yeah the, yeah no that was great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and like okay. the single right. screen that pops in the silence yeah. yes mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i just love it i think uh I mean, turning. Yeah, I actually hear me chopping. I did want to like point that out, like how cool it is to get like, like very like, obviously done, like kind of like I mean low budget style effects, like use just use a giant strobe light, a big fan, and put some like latex on a woman's face. And, like, just have an up-close shot of that. I mean, it's very, like, it's low-tech, but it's so effective. And I, I hope I hope that moment is, like, a moment of inspiration for some people, you know? One, one point against this movie for me, kind of, and this might be positive for some people, it was also kind of, like, guess the cameo. Like, I just felt every five minutes a new celebrity showed up that I had no clue was in this movie. So it was just like every five minutes, it was like, who's gonna be next? Who's gonna be next? Who's gonna be next? And, you know, sometimes making historical biopics, I think it's a little better to cast lesser known people because, you know, it's a little hard to look at George Clooney portraying a historical figure. You like, you know what I mean? Um, I think, I think every celebrity was like kind of, um, I don't know. I, I think it it worked in the way that like everyone you could tell was. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's like going to watch a play. You know, you you suspend your disbelief and then you kind of get immersed in it. Yeah, it was just like the one that I really didn't enjoy. Like 
just a random Casey Affleck. <laughs> like, I was just like, okay. <laughs> They're still allowing him like, into places? Why are you here? <laughs> I was surprised um, by Vinny Safdie. Now, he was so good in this movie. Yeah, he did good. I knew he was in it, though. He's in the trailer. Oh. Yeah, um, seven out of ten. Oh, uh, it was good. actually, my my also my other favorite cameo. Uh, who was it? Uh, <laughs> um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, is he even credited? Was it Rami Malek? No, Rami Malek <laughs> was great though. Rami and uh, and little uh, little Han Solo. Yeah, little Han oh, yeah. Solo knows him. <laughs> I loved that Rami Malek got to be like a, a little freak in this one. Yeah, he yeah. he's like weird. Um, so, so he sometimes he gets a character and he gets to be like really weird. Like in in he's the best part of the five bloods. He's the best part of that one Twilight. Oh movie. my god! Yeah, but, he was. I I'm, I Turner. I'm sorry. I hate that movie. Oh no, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I hate that movie too. I mean, you especially if you've seen Gone Jones. You know, which is like what's based off of. Um. I really liked uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman as, as Harry S. Truman. <laughs> oh what my God. a Get cameo! Get that cry baby out of hey, here! <laughs> it's so fucking good. Oh, Harry it's so Truman. good, man. I also love the the um, John F. Kennedy name drop. Yeah, a little senator, upcoming senator. Yeah, didn't like what you did to Oppenheimer. <laughs> I love that that last scene before when when uh, Strauss he really knows that he's gonna lose the seat, the seat, but like it hasn't happened yet. He gives that speech like just shit talking Oppenheimer, a you know just going into him, which is pro it's probably the most direct like denouncement and accurate like denouncement of Oppenheimer the whole movie but it's given by like a guy who's like twice as bad as Oppenheimer and scummy yeah. but yeah I gave it a 9 I'm also gonna give it a 9 oh Ooh, I like that movie it was great it's Hello? my favorite Nolan, I think. Can you guys hear it's me? It's up there. It's definitely up there. Now I can. Sorry, I mean, my internet I mean, the, I mean, The Dark Knight is the best movie ever made, so. A what? Come on, IMDb. It's good. It's all right. It's, it's, it's entertaining. In... I'm not the biggest Dark Knight head. It's a sure. classic <laughs> case of Nolan hype for me. It's good. I mean, I think I actually even gave it a 10. It's a very good movie. It's just not like the, you know. Mm -hmm. 7 out of 10. <laughs> All right, you guys want to get into Barbie? Yes. Come on, I'm Barbie. afraid to get into Barbie, so one of you guys start it. <laughs> okay. What we can saw you say Barbie. about Barbie? It's Barbie. Look. It's the Who movie wants, of do the you year. Want me to start? Sure. Anybody but me. 
Well, I, I loved Barbie. I went with a group of friends, with include my sister, and the theater was packed, mm-hmm. which I don't really get to experience very often. And it's the story of Barbie finding herself and trying to knock Ken off. You know, get him off I her also heels. Want to knock Ken off. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably I mean, in terms of like an IP blockbuster, probably one of the most easily one of the most visually creative and and also probably the most uh probably has the most substance of anything like that. I disagree. Really? It's just a Lego movie, but worse. <laughs> That's all it is. I don't think so. I think the movie's quite... I think I, I think you saw it two memes some about them moves. being the same and made your mind up, John. No, I just... I think it does everything the Lego movie does, just not as well. Like, it, I, it, it, literally it, everything. <laughs> I mean, all the, like, obscure product references... And, and you know it's what? It's not just that. It's it's. I the can story. definitely see the script and like the influence of the this kind of like playful kind. It's just it's the story. It's the characters. It's the rules of the world. Except here, it just it doesn't make sense. And to me, Barbie's just one of those movies where if you think about it for more than two seconds, it just completely falls apart. It I, makes I zero sense. I don't know. The the more I thought about this movie, the more I liked it. John, well, that's me. When, like, that's me when I scrutinize um like the 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 laws and the physics of the world of Superbad and uh, Anchorman. Like, but why this are those is trying to be so... something a lot more than that, and you know it. it I, is, it's I, really trying, and it it just doesn't succeed for me. I, I like so my here's what I'm trying to say about the rules of the universe not really working. You know, in in something like the Lego movie there are clearly defined rules. In the Barbie movie there are Barbies that look like, you know, what the Barbies look like in in the real world. So there's like the weird Barbie that's been like mutilated and everything. Mhm. But she really hasn't been. I mean, think about how many, like, little siblings grab their sister's Barbies, rip their legs in half, decapitate them and everything. So does that mean just, like, in the Barbie world, there's random Barbies just being mutilated and no one says anything about it? But you look at something like the Lego movie where there are decapitations in that movie and they take pieces off of themselves and build things onto themselves. But it's a clearly established rule in the universe and it makes sense. Here, you can't do that. One, because it's not animated. And two... Because I don't think they thought that much about it. <laughs> I think the main focus of the movie was to push what I consider kind of a rather harmful message. And I think they succeeded in that objective, but I think they sacrificed the story in terms of a message. Kind of like what we were talking about last week. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, it's a, the block, but the, I mean, it's a pretty simple story. But I think it deals with some, like, interesting themes, and, like, yeah. and, 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 I mean, it's Greg Gerwig, so I know she likes the, uh, like, the parent dynamic, the parent-child dynamic, exploring that. I like Greg Gerwig, and I like the themes they're trying to explore, but they do nothing with it at all. The, the two scenes in this movie that I can tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed, um, 
I love the Ken musical number towards the end. Thought that was great. Wanted more of that. Um, and I love probably the best part of the movie, which was so effective without having to have all of these drawn out speeches and the music carrying all the emotional moments is where there's no music and Barbie sitting on a bench with an old woman and says, you're beautiful. And the woman says, I know. And that was fantastic. That is everything you need right there. And they just kept going. <laughs> well, I, I, I do I think it was this just movie very surface level. Really? They didn't do anything with it. Go ahead. Which um, is, I, convince me guys. Which is convince me. I mean, the movie is purposefully alienating towards men in a very specific way that most movies or may probably something like Oppenheimer maybe would be alienating to women. But is it? Is Oppenheimer like that? Because I don't think so. Well, I'm not a woman. Sure, so sure. I don't know. Florence is 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 what? shot in a gratuitous nature. But there's nothing else in that film that's being like woman bad. Uh-oh. Like Barbie is men bad. And I get it. Like I get what you're trying to do. I'm fine with the empowering woman message i get it it's fine it's 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 well done in that aspect and i'm very happy that people are finding something to attach themselves to but you know you could use kind of the the time and the resource to make something like this to kind of unite both fronts and not alienate one completely (laughs) like like i get it i get what you're trying to do and it's it's okay well but it just like mm -hmm. The blatant, like... <laughs> I just wish they did more. I wish I wish they used it to be like, hey, find happiness through unity. But this movie's just like, yeah, no, get rid of the one side and everything will be fine. But that's not how the world works, man. Maybe in Barbie universe it works. But not here. I don't know. I, 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 they could have done more. Well, this I is guess how I felt about the whole movie. It is like, it it is like. I mean, it is just a movie, right? And there's only so much it can do by itself, which is why I think it takes a more, I mean, more drastic. Like, I think it's a bit of tough love. I think is what it is because I think it does make some concessions to like, because I mean, the the film is like it, it it's making a political statement constantly you know with ken bringing back patriarchy from the real world yeah that's that's funny that's a good commentary but and more like that please i think it gives some concessions and like and while i don't i don't think it ever says it out loud i think it gives some concessions to like the toxic masculinity discussion it doesn't have to say it out loud that's the whole movie under patriarchy and I understand that, but then just go watch and, something like Titan. And I, I like all the music <laughs> in it. I really think it's a great-looking movie. The stuff in the real world, I mean, I think it's kind of the point that it doesn't look as good as Barbie Land. But, you know, it's more plain-looking and stuff until you get into the Mattel Corp. You guys can hear me, right? And... Hello? Yeah, I think it's a it's a talented storyteller trying to use the 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 big budget they've oh that they've Keep been going. given to to explore other ways that they could maybe tell stories that they wouldn't get to do in something like Lady Bird, I guess. 
I like Greta Gerwig. I think she's extremely talented. Um, and I, I haven't just... seen either Lady Bird or Little Women. Oh. So I, I can't actually, like, speak to, like, really her, like, I don't know her stuff, but, you know, I, I can see, like, the world she comes from and getting to do a blockbuster is interesting, I'm sure. I like her as a writer, and I like how she, when she uses the time to voice, like, I don't know, the, you know, like, her existentialism in her writing, I like a lot. Um, it's, some of that is very well done in Barbie, like the bench scene, very well done. Um, her mm. writing in Frances Ha, I think, is her best. Um, she's great. Here, I just, you know, it's a Noah Baumbach movie, too. We can't forget that. And I, I just can't really wrap my head around how these two people who are super talented at writing these nuance like depictions of stories where there is no one side over the other and it's very much form your own opinion on it collectively make something that is just so one-sided and basically says if you like this you're wrong i just you know i i wish they could have done something a little bit more with it and i can't help but feel there's some muddling behind the scenes that are telling them no because everything else is fine. It's a technically well-made movie. It looks good. It, it, the set design is great. The costumes are awesome. It's just really the writing. This is a big. It's a big problem. It's just the Lego Movie, but done worse. <laughs> that's that's how I feel. I mean, I think the movie. I like the like all. I like all the the like character writing with like. I mean, all the women. I think. In Did the you guys movie. laugh? Like, was it funny to you? I laughed once. Yeah, I I was laughing all the I time. I laughed a lot. I laughed. Mojo I think every really? I could I could not contain my smile anytime Ryan Gosling was on screen. He kills it. He's great. He's the best part of the movie, and I think without him, it would be a train wreck. He carries. I, I, the the two times that I laughed, I thought it was funny the bringing the patriarchy. The first time it was funny, but when it becomes every five seconds, it's a little much. And. Um, I love his sweatshirt at the end that says I'm Ken enough. enough. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. that was good. Yeah, I liked that. That was nice. But and that's uh, you know a visual gag. It's not even a a written gag. That was good. That's it. I thought everything else was either pretty cringe or just wasn't funny. <laughs> Wolf. I know. I'm I'm gonna be the Barbie hater here, man. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Wolf Pharrell. I always will. He did nothing. He did nothing. What? He He's was hilarious. he was his exact same character from the Lego Movie, but worse. It's the whole movie. Well, I think I think they actually get across a few sly things with his character. Like what? He just has a like and shitting on annoying Mattel. voice the whole time that makes no commentary on anything, or at least good commentary, which is what they're trying to do with him. I don't know. I just thought he was really annoying. Well, I just, this movie just made me want to go watch the Lego movie again. Through the I'm whole, like... <laughs> through, through the whole, like, we care about women here. And we're here to empower women, make little girls feel special. You know, he's saying all this throughout the movie. And then at the end of the movie, you know, when Barbie, like, gets Barbie Land back and everything. And, and he's like, can we make a... He's like, he says something like, can we make a doll out of this or something? He's like, we're here, you know, we're going to make girls feel so special with this doll. And then one of his cronies is like, he'll make a lot of money 
or something like that. Like, it just undermines, like, it. there's this facade, this, like, paper-thin facade of, like, the wanting to be progressive CEO. But there's, they're able to, like, plant that it's phony in there, and they got it's through. Just so, it's so surface-level, though. Like, do something more with it. I Well, I, but, like, this movie had to get approved by Mattel. Yeah, but the Lego and, movie got approved it, by think, Lego, and it's a super uh, emotional, existential joyride of a film that has so much to say and doesn't pull the punches. It goes with the PG rating and does the most it can with it. And and, and that's a good thing. <laughs> it is not well, held back th- by its is, rating. This is making like or a for statement fear of about something people. in the real world, not just like some moral philosophical quandary. You but, know, but it tries to be the addresses... moral thing. That's the problem. It have that whole scene at the end that's going around everywhere with the big speech, and it's a well-written speech. I get it, but it's trying so hard to be the morally, you know, perfect like everything you were just saying type movie, and I, I just don't think it succeeds. I don't. I, I just. It's one of those movies that I think thinks it's better than it is, and thinks it's saying more than it is. I don't hate it. I just, you know, it's disappointing. There's a lot of potential. And it was just, I felt kind of wasted for the message, like most things. My, oh, okay. I do got to say this funny story. So after we came out of the theater, we went to cookout. And beside the cookout, there's like this wait, Jiffy Wait, wait, what, what is cookout? Is that a thing by oh, you? Oh, yeah. It's like this, it's <laughs> super cheap, like burgers and fries and... Like, right. you can get an order of fries. They're not, like, super huge portions. But, I mean, they're fine size portions. Because small portions in America are, like, you know, they're good. And then there, mm-hmm. you can have, like, hush puppies. There's, like, tons of different sides. But so you can get, like, a double burger with cheese, a side a of fries, a royale with cheese, <laughs> a side <laughs> of fries, a side of, you know, two sides, whatever you want. And a mm-hmm. drink for like six bucks. That's dope. Yeah, so it's like real cheap. And but beside it is this place, this like Jiffy Loop type car place. And mm-hmm. and the sign said, "Pray for Alan." And all of nice. us were like, "No one needs to pray for Alan." He was whipping those guys' asses. Alan, Alan was <laughs> the alpha. Alan is. I love Alan. I liked Alan. My mom's yeah, guff. it was okay. Oh my god, I'm looking at the Barbie page on Box. It's in the top 250. That might yeah, be jumping you see, the gun. That's, that's Grant, ridiculous. That happens, that it happens on here. I know, but that's like... Happened to like Spider-Man. It. I think Spider-Man is still... Spider-Man No Way Home is still Willem Dafoe's highest rated movie. Okay, it, Coco, is, it, is, it is since Fallen is now Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh hell yeah! Let's go. And then Grand Budapest, as it should be. It is his most popular still. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Two million views. Which one? On No Way Home. Oh my. Budapest Lord. is actually only point one. the The <laughs> message is stated in. I mean, it. I think a purposefully aggressive way. You know, I think Greta is. I think that there's like a purpose behind the harshness this movie. Yeah, I'm not against it. 
just they missed the opportunity to actually do something with it. And instead, it's just a very one-sided, this is how you're supposed to feel. If you feel otherwise, you're stupid. But and how about I that last line? Not good. What last line? How about the last line of the movie? What last line? <sighs> I mean, I'll say it, but it's, you know, the I'm here for my gynecologist appointment. Oh, what that... about it? It killed me. Why? The whole theater. <laughs> well, they set it up the whole movie. It's like the it's like the biggest running gag is that they don't have genitals. Uh, I actually have all the genitals, says but Ken. Mar- but but Margot Robbie does have genitals. We've seen them. I'm just well, kidding. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no. I I actually thank you for saying her name because it reminded me. There's like a few moments in this movie where. You know, you can tell that it was kind of punched up in, like, a boardroom a little bit. And, like, the narrator... Oh, oh my God. That being worst like, scene in the, the Margot movie? Ro- this oh is not... Margot Robbie God. is not the right person to cast. That was so annoying. I hated that specific joke, and it totally took me out the movie for, like, ten minutes. Horrible. And, and then there's, like, a few quips, like, when she gets in the car... And this is in the trailer, too. There's, like, a quip when she gets in the car with a little annoying. And, like, the point of the kids to be annoying, but this is, like, annoying in, like, a weird way that uh, you know, it just I, didn't work for me. I, I couldn't figure out why that kid looked familiar. And I was like, wow, I really don't like this kid. I don't, And then they don't look familiar. I wonder what else they're from. They're the same kid from 65, the worst movie of yeah. the years. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. They're from 65? I still uh, haven't seen that one. Oh, it's a masterpiece masterpiece. Alright, Cody, I want to hear your thoughts on this movie. Yeah. I want to go back to the yeah, gynecologist but... thing, too. Because that's oh, something yeah. that I think I think kind of um, sticks out with this film. And it's, there's there's like this whole running theme of inclusivity and trying to, you know, make sure that Barbie is for everyone. Barbie has everyone. Barbie is whatever you want but her to be. But they specifically make a movie that is not for everybody and against but everybody. Let's, but, but anyway, but, go ahead. But, well, first of all, I, I, don't, I don't think you're right about that. But I think the, um, it's, the accessibility isn't the problem. It's the fact that the cast is 98% of the same body type. There's, there's like two whole fat people in this movie. Yeah. There's maybe like three black people. It is a, a predominantly like like white, uh, you know, uh, socially attractive, very, very conventionally attractive. The president uh, was a black woman. Mm-hmm. But but here's the, the, the there's the thing is that she <laughs> I, I you know, know. <laughs> they they make such a show of inclusivity but then she has what three yes. lines throughout the whole movie exactly yeah I agree and you have America Ferrera and your daughter who are like three shades darker than Barbie maybe not even like a shade and a half um yeah. you it's it's very much this yeah. kind of representative very corporate run I think white feminism that kind of permeates this movie that kind of holds it the back mermaid, from being baby. this like it's even even like the little mermaid where you can tell that that's like corporate interference and 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 like this very studio mandated you know fake wokeness fake aggressiveness um whereas I think mm-hmm. this kind of just because Greta Gorwig is I mean her and Noah Bamba yeah, Greta they're both Gorwig <laughs> Greta Gorwig Greta Gorwig <laughs> both of them are very white movie makers and very white directors and both of their movies feature 
predominantly white casts. And I think, um, taking their viewpoints into perspective and, like, yeah, they, they can have some stuff to say. They can have some stuff to say about, like, you know, beauty standards and, and you know, these, these things that are, uh, you know, not accessible to everyone. But I think... It, the movie kind of fails on representing that and sure it can it can give you a, a 12 minute long speech right to your face about why you should feel this way or why and obviously I can't speak to this way because I'm not a woman and like I you know both both this movie is very obsessed with um the the gender roles and the 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 binary gender stereotypes and I Which think it's not a good thing it's not a it's not a great thing and even if you're using it to make fun of it and to to point fun of it um, I think, especially, like, having Barbie equate, uh, like, the, the feminism and being a woman to having a vagina feels very transphobic to me, and I don't know if they were thinking about that when they were writing it, but I was like, I mean, you really are boiling it down to genitals and, and, you know, chromosomes rather than, like, lived experiences or, you know, everyone's different gender identity. The same thing happens with, like, when they talk about um, you know, the, the, the disdain that, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kate something. Who plays Weird Barbie? What's her name? Kate McKinnon. Oh, McKinnon? Kate McKinnon. Um, I, I yeah. think the disdain she has when she talks about, you know, failing those conventionally attractive standards. And the way she says cellulite with such disdain in her voice. And then you know it's supposed to be a joke and the whole thing is like, oh, well, we're supposed to accept it and, oh, you don't have to be conventionally attractive. Whereas I think the theme should be, well, no, that is attractive. Everything, you know, we shouldn't be saying what's attractive based on conventionally attractive. We should be saying anything is attractive because that's how you really are inclusive instead of being like, oh, it's okay to not fall into the standards. The real message should be, well, forget about the standards anyway. Don't compare yourself to the standards. They shouldn't be the baseline anything anyway. Breach, instead of trying breach, to stick breach. to that. Um, I just I just think that the the thematic I guess bulk of the movie, the way that the, this movie goes about giving out its mission statement and and having this very hollow almost corporate feminism is is such a it's it draws no, so agree. much it of the movie it doesn't feel back. authentic it feels corporate i agree with that and and while we're saying you know the um this is based off the those the, the binary gender stereotypes i do want to say something that i think the movie is also trying to say you guys ready and i think you're going to like this no barbie is a marvel movie for girls it's a PG-13, mm-hmm. you know, higher budget, mm-hmm. quippy, CGI-driven, fucking, you know, middle-of-the-road movie. This is a Marvel movie for girls. Yeah. And you know what? It's still better than the past phase, so. That worked. I mean, I um, gra- I think the dialogue is way <laughs> and writing is way <laughs> oh, higher oh, caliber than Marvel movies. I really I yeah, do think I, this is a really funny movie. I did laugh a lot of the times. I I went to go see this with my mom, and and mm-hmm. some like the references that they were making that I didn't even understand to like old toys or whatever. She like gasped. Yeah. She audibly giggled at some points. It was, it was a joy to see her. Old. No, I, no, no. Does I don't she mean like to this? no. <laughs> Um, but I, I really liked the joy in seeing people who are into Barbie, you know, experience this. And like, this is a movie I'm for happy Barbie people are really attaching to this. Like, that's good. You know, find something that's going to 
talk to you like that. I just also it's it's crazy to bring your child to this. Like I don't think it's yeah, I don't think you should talk down to children. But I, don't I don't think, think people really know that because it's it's a Barbie movie, you know. So most people's first. But like, I think like the the average parent like, oh, would walk pretty. in, bring this, and hear the words penis and vagina, and have like a fucking stroke. Hell yeah! Like I don't yeah, think I, like, yeah. parents, I don't think are ready to like expose their kids to like you know actual yeah. stuff like that. I don't think the kids are actually in danger because I'm. Oh, no one's I in think, danger. I think, it's the Barbie movie. I think everything in this movie a kid would like encounter in real life, but I definitely think some parents' feathers are definitely ruffled. Absolutely. Over some of oh, because but, like, you know they why? just took their kids <laughs> to go see this movie thinking it was like just I thought this movie was cares, PG when man? I went and saw it. So it did kind it was shocking me at the beginning. I was like, how are they getting away with this this stuff in a PG movie? And that was I saw it was <laughs> PG thirteen, but I wish they said the full F bomb. That would have been great. <laughs> that would have that would have bumped it up a point. Oh my god. I'd have been like, hell yes. See? Screw norms. Do something cool. I think the little girl should have gotten it. I think she should have been like, you're a stupid fucking fascist, Barbie. Damn. <laughs> oh, did you guys see the theory that's going around about how those four girls are supposed to represent the, the brat dolls or something? Yeah. I think that's people reaching and that's really stupid. Like Christopher Nolan? <laughs> that's like that's like some like saw like jigsaw level. Like oh hell yeah! Games. Speaking of, did you guys watch the trailer? <laughs> no, I haven't. I, it was for great. <laughs> I mean, I'm after Saw Patrol. What's, what's Saw movie? After Saw Patrol, Me what's too. the next like corporate mandated double feature that's you think you guys oh, think is gonna go crazy? Do you think they're gonna try? They're uh, definitely gonna know. start trying to like do this. More. Yeah, because Hollywood learns the long lessons from everything. Yeah. Because Hollywood is a terrible. Well, like Barbenheimer is, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, I, I hate for it to turn into a bad thing, which we know it's gonna turn into. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was Barbie. I don't know. I miss potential for me. I don't hate it. There's some things I like about it. I just wish, you know, they did something. I didn't really think they did. Think it thinks it's smarter than it is, and says more than it does. Y'all can hate me. I don't care. Yell at me in in the comments. I don't care. Opinions are opinions. Before I say anything else, somebody interrupt me and tell me what you thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You go, Cody. Uh, I I mean I. I do like it, you know? I think it's a very funny it's it's cute. It really is cute. Is like the 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 boiling it down is cuz it's like like it's, it's enjoyable, you know? I don't think the substance is really super there. I think it's it's it could have been a lot better and a lot smarter. And I do like the end product. I do think it's a very silly, fun, cute movie, but I just wish there was more here. Greed, but you're not gonna get hate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not like the perfect, most airtight film with the most airtight messaging and presentation of that message. But I think I it's really unique. I don't think there are a lot of movies that really take this like it the tone that this movie takes. And and embracing 
like a particular camp to portray that. Like, let, um, and yeah, I think it looks great. I think I love all the music. Yeah, 8 out of 10. All the music to me was very similar to the Hound Dog remix, so I figured you would like it. <laughs> that Hound Dog mix is good. It's you so well in the movie, too. <laughs> Five out of I ten. Will... Oh. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Middle man. I think it's for, I, I do I like I I I do think Greta Gerwig's two other movies are better. But I think that uh, everything yes. that was in this movie I didn't like was written by Noah Baumbach, and everything that was good was written by Greta Gerwig. But the and that's my that's my personal Madagascar. that's my personal. He can do nothing wrong. What are you talking about? <laughs> Madagascar to to cope with his his divorce. Exactly. He's oh, a mastermind. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I don't know. I'll just rewatch Little Woman. I like that. That's a good movie. Good movie. All right, we had a movie recommendation which also came out the same day yes. that no one's been talking about. So thank you, Cody, for pointing it out. And I'm gonna let yeah, you take no the floor and tell us what it no is. No one's been freaking talking about this freaking cool joint. This and uh, they so be. we had. They should be, and this is it's it's a lot more accessible to go watch too because it's on Netflix. Um, so yeah, I think if it you have Netflix, more than Barbie, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Um, so uh, 2022, 2023. Sorry, uh, I mean it's it's been in development for a long time. I actually want to look up when it started because I know Has this it, I, been... I know literally nothing about this. Definitely, so I want to say since, tell me. I would since like before to know. the pandemic, I want to say. Um, okay. But we have uh, 2023's They Cloned Tyrone. Uh, it is a uh, science fiction, comedy, action, uh, almost black exploitation uh, uh, conspiracy movie starring John Boyega uh, as uh, Fontaine, who's like a drug dealer, uh, uh, Tayona Paris from uh, WandaVision as a prostitute. That's who that was? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I that's, thought, a, that's I thought a that's Captain who that was. She, she was. I like her. But keep um, going. And and Jamie Foxx is Slick Charles, who they constantly refer to as Slick Charles. Hell yeah! The funniest fucking thing to me. Um, and they yeah. uh, they kind of live in a, a rundown part. Of, I don't I don't know if they exactly say where it's supposed to take place. Um, Detroit. I don't remember. Probably. Um, That's racist. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, so so they uh, they you know they kind of go through their their uh, usual days. Um, until one day, uh, Fontaine gets gunned down and killed by a rival gang member. Well, well, listen, listen, listen. And then, uh, he's apparently brought back to life and they discover an underground, uh, bunker where there's performing tests on black subjects. Um, and it's this, this white run laboratory, uh, until they figure out it's actually, Hmm. uh, Kiefer (laughs) Sutherland. (laughs) The scariest villain of all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did. I didn't hear what you said, John, at first, but then I, that I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm down with it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a, it's yeah. like a, a mix of um. To me, it's a mix of like, Black Dynamite and Sorry to Bother You, and that's I, a good thing. I like both those movies. I that's why I those were the two movies that made me think of as well. Yeah, uh, especially because. The plot 
kind of like as it unravels, is very it, the mystery is very similar to Black Dynamite. Yes. Which I'm sure they're aware of, and is, you know, they want you to be thinking of that. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do think the the way that this uses like um these Afro futuristic elements and uh this this like was that a specific... pun saying Afro? No, no, no. Do you, it's oh, Afro futurism no. <laughs> is like a is like a specific genre. It's like a literary and, and movie genre. Oh, I was gonna compliment uh, you on the pun. <laughs> yeah, so, sick, someone though. already beat him to it. Exactly. Naming it. Um, uh, I, I do. I do think specifically because it's you know an all black cast and and th- mm. there are these elements of like existentialism and like these sci-fi tropes that aren't really explored a lot in like black culture, um, especially mm. given John Boyega giving him another chance to like actually be a, a compelling sci-fi a leading actor. man and not. You know, a, a real like actor instead of screaming something. Did any of oh, yeah. you see that movie from, I think it was last year, called Breaking? The only one is that, that the one that? where no, he's, I is that like the, that. is that him playing like Tom Holland's Cherry movie? It's like the same fucking thing of like a, of a veteran he, like, going robs crazy a bank. trying to, yeah, and trying yeah, to rob yeah, yeah, a bank. Yeah. Literally the same movie yes. as Tom Holland. Oh, really? Um, literally the same he, exact um, movies they made. He's very good in that, and it, it was kind of me being like, "All right, this guy can actually act." And here, yeah, I love, he I love killed jumping. it. Have you seen and, um, and I, Attack I the Block? Any? No, it's been on my watch list for since it's I was great like, movie. I love 15. that movie so much. Jody, Jody, uh, Jody I'll have to watch it. But like, I will always admire any movie that gives their actors multiple parts to play around with. I love that. I think it's great. Um, and to have a movie like this where John Boyega is playing like four different people, awesome. And he kills it. I love that kind of stuff. Not only so that, but like fun. the emotional range he pulls off, and the you can, you can mm-hmm. a lot of these. I'm listening. The, by the way, the, I'm just taking my headset off for two seconds. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's also. I, I think. Go on. No, you go ahead. Okay. He's also like, he he's very silent throughout the movie, and he doesn't yeah. like say a lot, like literally. He does a lot of facial and which, and very yeah, which gives um, him the, the physical platform acting, yeah. for that. I, I love that scene where he's having his breakdown when he, he finds out his mom isn't real. And he's just at, like, the the anguish and both the pain and the anger in, mm-hmm. in his performance. That was a good reveal. His, like, you can really tell, like, he, like, I feel like John Boyega really is, like, having an existential crisis and, and being this, 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 <laughs> he might so be. great. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> um... Man's did Pacific Rim Uprising and it changed him. Ah! Get out! Get out! Get out! John, get out of the sci-fi sphere! Get out, buddy! Um, I, I, and I love Slick Charles. I think this is the fucking this is Jamie the Fox? role Jamie Foxx was born to play. Oh, he's having so I loved much him. fun. He was my role. favorite, my favorite character here. He's and I don't like. I'm gonna be honest. Too. I'm not a big Jamie Foxx guy. I, I haven't really enjoyed him and like much of the things that he's been in he's fine um i loved him here <laughs> he was great um some good memes and i i even mm. like i think this was uh i think there were a lot of like like great deeper dramatic moments i think exploring the psyche of the characters is something that's that really isn't done a lot of in, in like this black cinema kind of uh resurgence and i i think it's it does it a lot better than something like sorry to bother you or even like um there's a lot there's oh, some shades I don't agree. there's some sorry. shades of Atlanta in here I think too I gotta watch um, that 
Mm-hmm. It's so great. What a great show. Um, but that, that, that has a lot I, of like, think... Afrofuturism elements, too. So I saying Afro. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, but it's um, the name of the genre. <laughs> I think Sorry to Bother You is a better movie that has more to say. That's just my own opinion. Um, the My main issue with this movie is it loses me towards the end. Um, once it gets very plot heavy and he meets the old version and everything, from that point on, I'm a little checked out. Um, I think it goes a little too far and doesn't really do much with it. Um, I just wish it was a little shorter because I, I was really digging it for the first like hour and a half. And after that, I, you know, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, it just kind of falls apart for me. I just wish it was a little shorter because I was really digging it for the first like hour and a half. Mm. Um, you know, then it just became a little much for me. And I thought it kind of lost track of what it was trying I- to do. I think once that final action scene sets in and it's it's um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland just just like trying to wait for them to, to gun them down, I think that's when it slows. It was down. really funny. I didn't expect him to be in this. That was kind of a funny reveal. <laughs> I, I think was just he's like pretty 24? good in this too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Agent Jack Bauer, and you're here on this <laughs> on this town right here. We're gonna do some experiments on you. Hell yeah. Um, and he did good. He always is. He always does good. Yeah, it, it was fine. I just wish it was a little shorter. That's all. I like how it's shot. Um, I like the look of it, the aesthetic, um, the the film grain. I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The throwback to black exploitation era. Um, yeah. It does kind of make some of it look a little ugly at points, but that's kind of intentional. Yeah. But some of it is a little like, oh, I don't really want to look at that. Netflix kills <laughs> but... film grain. At least oh what, my god. Whatever Netflix I have, it like whatever package we've got, my family. It, it kills film grain, uh, like Uncut Gems. It makes it no, look it's, so it's blobby so and terrible. So bad. There is one part in this movie where, Which, oh my god, like just the splotches mm-hmm. of how you can tell that it's not in HD whatsoever because Netflix is stupid and you have to pay $20 a month for HD now. Mm-hmm. It looked like shit. And, and it, you know, it's not the fault of the movie. It's Netflix. I, I hate Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and it gives everything that like Netflix television look to like like it makes it look everything that is dark like like has like a dark color palette it look like Stranger mm-hmm. Things. No, 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 no. You know, it makes it, look, it it makes everything look like that. I think we need to take the CEO it. of Netflix and and execute him via firing squad. I think that hell would be yeah good. with with Bob Iger as well. Bob Iger. Bob Iger can be Bob Iger can be like like gagged and tied while we do it. Oh, yeah, but he might like that to be honest. <laughs> I think Bob Iger's probably pretty vanilla. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think he probably, he probably busts in like three off strokes. On not paying people and yeah, having power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine movie. I had a good time. Thanks for recommending it because I've been wanting to watch it. I didn't want it to go unseen, so it's cool to bring more attention to it. Yeah, definitely. If you have Netflix, check it out because it's uh, it's a. I mean, it's. I think it's it's only two hours, but it goes by pretty fast. And, and you yeah, know, it we did, need it did. more. Uh, we need more movies that are you know up and coming filmmakers uh, with a great cast like this. I was digging it, man. For the first hour and a half, I was really into it. 
good movie. Yeah, I mean, I I'm think it'd make it a great. Make... I think it would be a great film double feature with something like Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, because I think it Sorry to Bother You deals with like I think they both deal with, like entirely different issues, but. Sorry to bother you. Deals with everything. <laughs> yeah, and this movie, this movie, I think is more. It has, it has it's more focused on one thing. Yeah. To to its benefit and to its mm-hmm. demise. But I don't mind it. Um, you know, I would actually, you know, watch it again if someone had this on. I'd be like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But um. Yeah, there's not much more that I really have to say. I'd like to hear more from you guys if you have more to say. But otherwise, I thought it was fine. Enjoyable experience. And I did actually think this was funny, unlike Barbie. Sorry, Barbie. This movie is funny. Not as funny as Barbie, though. I, I, there was one line that really knocked me out. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't mind the dialogue in this movie for the most part, but there are some moments where I was like, ah, all the pimp stuff. Anytime Jamie Foxx's mouth opens, I like. Yeah, but so. like, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. It works for him. Mm-hmm. But there's there was just some lines where I was like, yeah, no, that that wasn't great. But yeah, it, some, you know, some of it, it is also. What it is. Some of it just feels like. Uh, I, and this is Joel how Taylor. how cool um, can we make this sound? How. Yeah. Um, you know how how like i don't want to say ghetto because that's like a wrong word but yeah. like you know the environment that they're in how can we make this seem like the stereotypical oh, like, version like, of this environment yeah, as hard as the, we can the, the um exaggeration i think that that's that's more that you know that's a trying I to mean, be just, more like the like trying to call back to those black exploitation like dolomite yeah, it's just Time like movies. if you told me that this movie has like as many N words as like Wolf of Wall Street and Django, I'd believe you. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It is a callback to to mm-hmm. the black exploitation. They were gonna have movies. Brian Tyree Henry in this too. Oh, I don't oh. like him. You know, I don't like him. You're crazy for that. Go watch Atlanta. Oh, Go watch Atlanta, and you'll you'll get it. I, you know what? You know, I'll do you one better. I'll watch his performance in Five Nights at Freddy's and then I'll let you know. Is he in Five Nights at Freddy's? <laughs> yes, he is. He's the taxi no driver. No fucking way. Oh yes. my god. Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Did you guys watch the, the trailer for that? Did we ever talk about that? Yeah. No, yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, no, no we didn't. I don't think we have. I don't think we ever talked about that. <laughs> Let's wrap up our, our opinion on this, and then we can talk about that really quick if you want to, because we did never talk about that. Yeah, I saw me in the trailer, I don't think. Oh, okay. I mean, you're not missing anything. Oh, I just... okay. <laughs> um, yeah, fine movie. Yeah. Wouldn't mind watching it again. Uh, some of it I really liked just kind of fell apart towards the end. Um, I'm going to go with the six for now. Could change to a seven on a further watch. I gave it a seven, too. It could. I agree. It could be a little tighter. I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. And like just definitely. Trim a little I'm gonna fat. give it an eight. Eight. Yeah. Now I'm the middle jo- man. John, this this is a man named Corey Devonte Williams, aka a YouTuber named named Corey oh, Kenshin. Am I this just, is am not I Brian being racist? I think you're am being, being racist? racist. I think you're being I'm racist. I'm sorry. It looked just like racism. him. He doesn't even look it the looked, same. He's got yeah, an afro. In the trailer, in the trailer, it looked just like. I swear, I'm sorry. 
Oops, I'll rewatch it. <laughs> got your hopes up, Cody. What? I said I got your hopes up. Yeah, damn. But yeah, yeah so, the FNAF yeah, trailer the happened. FNAF. We don't really have to spend too much time on it. Uh, it's just, you know, we never talked about it. And I know some people were curious about our thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. it. It was, it looks about as bad as I think it's going to be. And that's really it. I don't know. It's stupid. I'm hype. I, I, I really want this. And then I really need the Minecraft movie. Oh, with Jason Momoa? <laughs> is, is he in it? He's supposed yep. to be. He's, he's the main guy. He's Steve. <laughs> Yeah, is he Steve God. or is he like a? Does he get I, like I don't Tron know if he's into Steve the... or if he's like something else? But I love that he's in it. He should be Alex. Oh, I thought you said Alan. <laughs> Alan. He should be Alan too. My God, guys, Alan is such a literally me character. Ken is such a literally me character. For real. I hate that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was better than Barbie. Um, you guys want to do some questions? Yeah. Alrighty, 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 alrighty. Send us questions. Oh, Thanks. wait, wait. That's There's all. one more piece of news. Janice Contemporaries. Sure. New, uh, new Criterion. The Criterion people? Yeah. They're, they're releasing these movies called Janice Contemporaries, like, focusing on contemporary movies. Like, the first round is EO... Uh, no. The movie No Bears and I think The Innocent or The Innocence. Yeah, Innocence, I believe. I've heard of that. I've never heard of No Bears yeah. and I've seen EO. Those are right. No Bears is pretty good. <laughs> I, I watched it with a friend, but we fell asleep because it was late. But it's like about it, a filmmaker. Yeah, it's like about a filmmaker trying to make a film even though it's illegal for him to make a film and in real just life like Briggsby Bear. <laughs> and, and in the and in real life the director was in the same situation as he was making the film nice. so he like he just he like made a film about the situation he's in <laughs> pretty much have you guys ever watched um it's cool escape from tomorrow no is that the, the movie that was filmed in disney without permission yeah 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 Oh, no. just curious. That's just what made me think of mm -hmm. that and Brigsby Bear, which was also good. But that's what it made me think about those. I was just curious if you guys have ever seen. I have not. All right, you let's do some questions. Yeah. Let's see what we got. All right. This comes from Rocco. Thoughts on the new movie, The Creator, trailer wise, at least. I am hyped for that movie, he says. Oh. Um. Did you guys see the trailer for that? The the new, surprisingly, an actual original science fiction IP coming out soon? No. It looks interesting. It's the same guy that made um, Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have any, like, thoughts on it. Like, it looks uh, all right. It's just, it's kind of cool to see an original IP, you know, yeah, being especially, produced. So. Yeah. It's nice to have a new IP. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it looks pretty. That's all I need. I'm there. I didn't, but I'll go see it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like a like AI focused. It's like what if AI was people and 
okay. What if what if AI was people? Like Blade Runner-ish <laughs> type thing? Uh, yeah, but don't give it that much credit. Okay. <laughs> Not until we see it. Yeah. Alright. Um, uh-oh. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Alright, good. Okay, this comes from John. Great topical question. Which Ken are you? <laughs> hey. <laughs> there was one. Um, it was during the, like, them explaining montage. And he mentions Lou Reed and his influence on post Oh, my God. I was going to text you. I thought that was really funny. I, it was. And you know what? Yeah, that is you. But he's wrong, though. Lou Reed and post-punk... I mean, mm -hmm. certainly this heat took from some of the freaked out experiments on white light, white heat, but it's they're pro. The Velvet Underground is like proto punk, and it's also influenced yeah. way more than post punk. I don't know. It really irked me. I thought it was funny because it Cause reminded was, me of you. I was like, "This is Turner." It 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 is my no my my friends looked at me and my sister looked at me. <laughs> when he came on, when the music nerdkin came on screen, hell yeah! When he was when he was uh, talking about pavement, I was trying to like look at all the records in the background. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah! Like, oh, oh, that was. I liked how I, I was. It was funny to think that I was like, you know, that I I think he's wrong because mm -hmm. he's like that's like the thing is like the, they they the these like types always like over explain and they don't quite get it <laughs> they always don't quite get there and they're just kind of saying stuff to say it and so i liked like him yeah, like me you mean like barbie huh. barbie jab barbie jab mm. do you guys hear my mom on the phone no she's very loud i'm shocked you don't hear <laughs> um I like to think, I mean, one would like to think that they're an Allen, but we're probably not Allen. Yeah. So I'm going to say, um, I don't know. I'll just be normal, Ken. I'm fine with that. I don't know. Normal. I don't, Ken. I don't look like Ryan Gosling. I wish I did, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> uh, apparently there was one. What about you, Cody? Um, Which Ken are you? There was, there was one. Uh, towards the end, over by like Sugar Daddy Ken. Um, oh yeah, Sugar <laughs> Daddy. Apparently, appa well, listen. Apparently, this one Ken they made in the '90s, and they were like trying to find fashionable guys to, to like model his, you know, his 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 clothes after. So they went to. They didn't realize it was a gay club, so they modeled Hell a Ken yeah. that wears a cock ring from his necklace. Hell yeah! And and that and he's in this movie, and he's in this movie, and I would like to think that I'm the Cochrane Ken. <laughs> Hell yeah! Cochrane Ken. Cochran I Ken love is it. Me. Good answer. <laughs> I gotta. I, I'll look up the scene because I don't really want to rewatch the movie. <laughs> I'll Alrighty, let's do another one. Yeah. Load these up. Bum bum bum. This comes from Jess. If you could watch one movie, if you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what movie would it be? I have mine. Mm 
is it, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I was, is, is that your favorite movie? It's my second, second favorite, favorite movie. It's my comfort movie. It makes me very happy right. and sad. <laughs> yeah, mine isn't my favorite movie either. I mean, I'm, I might say uh, Across the Spider-Verse because then you just like, you never run out of movie. You could go frame by frame and <laughs> no, still No, no, see, that would just piss keep me finding off so shit. bad because I would never be able to see the real <laughs> ending. I would be so upset. <laughs> That's like only watching the first Dune forever and never watching the new one. I pick David Lynch's Dune. I've changed my answer. Oh my god. I pick Slacker. Why would you do that? Slacker? Yeah, Slacker by Richard Linklater. That's an interesting pick. Well, I like that movie. Yeah. I just feel like I could chew on it forever. It's not my yeah. favorite movie, but I just feel like... I get something every time I watch it. I've watched it like ten mm -hmm. times now. It's one of my. It might be my most watched movie. Anyways. Oh, you know what? Thanks for leading into that. I wanted to ask that question. What is a movie that you guys think you've seen the most in your life? And how many times do you think you've seen? Well, the real answer is probably Thomas and the Magic Railroad. I probably watched that a couple hundred times when I was a child. Hell yeah. But I watched that a hundred times now. Oh yeah. You should. It's a great Percy's movie. terrifying though. Uh, yes. I'm afraid of Percy. Percy's scary. <laughs> oh. Percy's gonna eat me in my nightmare. <laughs> Percy. Oh man. Um, my honest answer. I think I've seen The Fellowship of the Ring at least 30 times in my life. You know you know what I was going to say? What? It's what? probably A New Hope. A New Hope? Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen Lord of the Rings. Uh, the first one, at least. I mean, I've seen them all easily, like, 20 times each. But there'll be times where I'll just watch Why, the first so one because it is the most easy to watch. Like, complete. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just they, they mean a lot to me. They were big to me when I was a kid and I watched them with my dad like every week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like our thing and my sister. And, you know, still to this day, anytime someone talks about Lord of the Rings, I'm probably putting it on later that night. <laughs> yeah. I tried showing it to Alyssa the other day. She got 30 minutes in and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll finish it one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good movie. Uh, I gotta love me some more. Oh, that's hot. Thank you. So do you want to wrap it up? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless we have can, another one. Can, or, yeah. Yeah. Can we do one more? What? One more. One more. And then you can do your poopies. Uh, uh, well, Turner, do you, do you have your recommendation yet? Do you need more time to prepare? I'm going to see if I can find this movie. Real All right, Cody, quick. go to the bathroom and then come back and we'll do one more question. Yeah. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a while. Okay, so then let's do let's do one more. Okay. Um, yeah, I can answer right. while I'm looking for this. Okay. Um, what are some sci? This comes from Elliot. Sorry. What are some sci-fi movies that you feel are overrated and some that you feel are underrated? Sci-fi the genre or sci-fi the channel? <laughs> That's a if good I'm question. Just, <laughs> you said sci-fi, right? <laughs> God, what a throwback. I used to watch those movies all the time. I love damn sharks. I love damn sharks so much. Oh, prehistoric shark. Or no, was it uh, Jurassic Shark? Hell yeah. 
Jurassic Shark. Shark Exorcist is the best. That's my favorite. Ghost Shark is great. Hell yeah. Ghost Shark, I agree. I think I think my internet cut out for a second, but I said Interstellar immediately. As overhyped or over. underhyped? Oh yeah, over. Did you say Thank over? God. <laughs> well, he he asked which you know some that are overhyped and some that are underhyped. Oh okay. Yes, overhyped Interstellar. I agree. I um, I think sorry right, to bother. I hate for this. Is still underhyped. I, I also. Oh, I generally agree. Yeah, by I agree most with that. people, like not enough people know about it. Yeah. I might get some hate for this, and I'm actually going to go re-see it in theaters next month, so maybe I'll form a different opinion on it. I think the first Blade Runner is very overhyped. Oh. Yeah. I think it is over... I only think it's a little overhyped. I really like it. I, I've only seen the, like, final... Whatever the, like, last cut they did. Yeah, it's the only one that I've seen, too. I mean, I'm excited to rewatch it, because it's been maybe four years since i've seen it and i just i didn't enjoy it oh no can you guys hear me ah we were so You're going back and forth can you guys hear me no hello it's 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 glitching again we were so close we were so close hello sadness my good and glitching i have one that I would actually love to maybe recommend one day. So mm. hint, hint at maybe a future recommendation. Okay. I would love to talk about um, Spielberg's artificial intelligence, AI. AI. I mean, it's a yeah. really interesting um, movie, like at least in terms of yeah, the story I, uh, behind it. Yeah, I don't remember much from it. And from what I remember, I think it's a little underrated. Mm -hmm. So I would like to maybe talk about that one day. So hint at a possible future recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You don't want to wrap it up because Cody's got to go potty. Now yeah, I, I can't some, think of some, uh, some poopies. Let me let me throw out for like uh, if if it's not underrated, it's at least interesting sci-fi movie. Crawl. Ooh. K R U L L. It's like have like a post. Uh, like it's a sci-fi fantasy like Star Wars. It came out in '83. And it's got all these beautiful, like, sets and map paintings and, like, production design. Um, it's not, like, Sorry, it's pretty cheesy. Q-R-A-L-L? Bless up. K-R-U-L-L, yeah. And it it's an interesting movie. It's an interesting sci-fi movie. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you just cut in there a little bit. All right, I'll look it up when my internet's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, before my internet cuts out, it's a good, oh no, can you guys hear me? Oh, it's it's a little Hello. spotty. Yeah. All right, let's just wrap up. Do your recommendation. Yeah. Before I cut out I'll again. My rec. I'm gonna recommend my son, my son. What have you done? Starring Michael Shannon and Willem Dafoe. What is this? I've never oh. heard of this. It's this weird. It's this little movie that Werner Herzog did in the late 2000s. Wow. What is it called again? And my it has son, Michael Shannon and Willem Dafoe in it. 
And that's really all they I needed. They do look like each other. Now that I look at them, they do look like each other. Yeah, my son, my son, what have ye done? From 2009. Chloe Savini, Michael Pena. I've never heard of Yeah, it's got quite a, quite a list of names. And it's on YouTube, I'm pretty sure, like the whole thing. God bless. All right. Yeah. Okay. Me neither. Yep. Let's talk about I've it. I've never seen it. If you it. want to be spoiled for it, but, so. watch it. By next time. It's from 2009. You said it's directed by Herzog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herzog. All right. Put, put, uh, my, put my trust in Herzog. I love Herzog. Let's talk about some Grizzly, grizzly Man. Oh, oh man. Grizzly Man. Grizzly man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sick. Watch it by next week. Yep. Because we're going to talk about it. For right now, thanks for listening. Um, I was going to make a Barbie joke, and I don't remember what it was. So <laughs> insert Barbie joke here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Barbie sees Goodbye. a room of kids flash white, and one's face comes off. <laughs> <All right. laughs> goodbye. Okay, bye, everybody. Oh, yeah, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Uh, goodbye.